it's the most wonderful time of the week. There'll be much trade backstabbing and hearts will be shattering while players are weak. It's the most wonderful time of the week. And that little uh, little ditty comes from a slightly more unknown B-side from uh, Andy Williams. The one you might be more famously known is, is the most wonderful time of the year, but his original uh, version of that song was actually written about draft leagues and the carnage that ensues. Welcome to Choking Hazard, the podcast, weekly review round four. Another week of frivolity has come to an end, and while there was a reprieve from the injury carnage for most of us, some really have been hit hard, which I'll delve into later. Well, this is one of, one of those interesting weeks where the captain choice really took a toll on some of our players. I'll delve more into those during the matchups, but uh, look, it definitely is an interesting thing that's already taking uh, taking shape of the league. I'm really looking forward to these next few captain rounds, especially round seven, where the opponent gets to choose who the other captain is. I think that's going to be for a tactical round, and I'm really looking forward to that. I think we're going to see some absolutely horrible scores, and I would be more surprised if I saw players scoring uh, over 1,100, I think. I think 1,100 would be basically a good score, whereas here you score 1,300s, high 1,300s. You've probably got the win at the moment with these captains. I think that one, with everyone trying to be as horrible as possible, or choose as horrible as possible, I really think uh, 1,100 will be, or at least 1,200 will be the score to beat. And with that, let's go on to some scores around about 1,200. Alrighty, we have from the bottom this time. I normally go from top to bottom, but I'm going to go bottom to top. For those Lincoln Park fans, there's a little bit of a, a song snippet for you there as well. Listen to it and thank me later. Look, last cap off the rank, we've got, uh, hey, see what I did there again, swapped it around. We've got Alex with Netflix and Chill was uh, 1271, defeated by Grant on the cans, 1290. Going into this game, or looking at this score, you'd think, okay, all right, 1290, you got beaten, you must have had a pretty good score for old, uh, old Grant, but little did we know, he had two outs, so 1-0 on the field, and he still got the job done. I mean, this bloke should be commended. Paddy Ryder went out as his captain, which probably was a blessing in disguise for him, and he put the big VC on Scott Lysette, which was a bit interesting, considering he had some guys like Kelly, even Adams, who's done well for him in the past. But look, Scott Lysette did well, 192 as a captain. He, he'd bank that every day. He has a big score for Taylor Adams, 122. Kelly Maynard, 120 and 118. Even his boy Cochin, who he's trying to get rid of, 113. But look, the big, uh, the big story for him comes to uh, a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, a young man by the name of James Sicily. On 10 points a quarter time, Grant's sitting back going, all right, yep, I'm in trouble here. Uh, Netflix has got no one else to play, and I'm uh, just under a 80 behind. Not going to happen. Guess what? The big sis does 114, puts on over 100 in three quarters. You'd be happy with that every day of the week. Whereas, look, for Alex, look, he had a big boy, Scott Penelbury, do well. He had his boy, uh, Bailey Smith, I think it is, or is it? Just Bailey Smith from the Bulldogs did very well. And then uh, even Shepard, Westhoff, did well. But, look, captain 142 of Brad Hill. That's where we start to see these things tell. Look, he'd be very disappointed not to get the win, especially with Grant having a zero on the field. But alas, look, sometimes luck comes into it and sometimes luck's in your favour. Go to the next game. We have Braden, Dob Squad, 1246, was defeated by Brian, 22-0 vision, 13-08. All right, here we had captains of Parfit, 208, very well, versus Petrevsky Seaton, 164. Look, you'd think that would tell the story right there, but when you've got blokes like Matt Rail, 114, Jared Berry, 150. Lockie New, 147. Lions, 116. I mean, there you go. You just sit back and just watch it unfold, especially that Sunday afternoon. Uh, Braids would have been pretty uh, sitting back going, all right, I reckon I might have this. And then those boys just go bang, bang, bang. 
with Lockie Neal scoring, what was it, one goal, zero goals, six, something like that, could you just imagine if that kid had kicked straight? Oh boy, oh boy, where are we? Look, Braden had some very good scores with Gorn, 141. Nick Haynes scoring 100. He did pretty well, but just uh, look, too, too, too much left for too few, you'd say. We then go to Matt with Lockie's Kane train. 1271 was defeated by Nick, eight balls, 1355. Pretty good sword, Nick. He's uh, doing very well. Right here we had the captains, Cam Ellis Yolman, an absolute steal. I'm surprised no one snatched him up. 170 versus Jai Simkin, 238 as captain. That's a very good score and probably one of the main differences there. And you go to Selwood, 104, Oliver, 110, and uh, the Bontgate, 116, 166, sorry. Uh, apparently dyslexic. Looked pretty good. Whereas uh, the blokes like Shuey, 114, Edwards, 119, and Anderson, 103. The top scorers for Matt. When your bloke got a bloke scoring 13.55, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat him. But it is what it is, unfortunately, for uh, for young Matt. And we'll, uh, he'll keep going. We then go to Bev Ampersand Mutt Arbro is on with Keelan. 12.57. Defeated Brian with the Packy Flyers. 11.38. Right here we had Shy Bolton. 160. Look, not an ideal captain choice. But uh, I'm sure we could do worse. Oh, wait. No, we've got worse. Here we go. Nathan Wilson. 44. As captain. Yes, it's 44 as captain. Yes, you wouldn't believe it. I uh, think I got away with that one there. Other scores, he had Goldstein 116, just doing what he's been doing. Mitch Duncan 120, Gaff 112, Crisp 115, looking very good. And look, uh, Keelan look, was looking good, McRae and Howe, but then, look, unfortunately, Howe's now gone down. So one of his best and uh, more prolific scorers has gone down. He's going to have to hope that the some other guys pick up the slack. Some of the guys like maybe Taranto comes back a bit quicker rather than later. Few more hundreds here with 106, 122, 107 for Higgins. Oh, yep, no, that was that was Higgins, 106, nice. Uh, Bowles and Ed Kerno doing pretty well. So look, Keelan had some good scores, but uh, that captain score probably held him up from scoring an even better score. We then go to Kane with Angry Midgets, 12:05, defeated Scott Lee Rance alone. Right, this is one of those games where luck plays a very pivotal part in this game. Look, Zach Williams was on fire late three quarter time. And goes off. So 154, look, it's a good captain score, but could have been a lot better if he'd stayed on. Whereas Scotty went on the big C with Wingard, 272. Top scoring captain this week, absolutely smashed it. But unfortunately, that's where the luck ran out for Scotty. While Kane had some blokes like Grundy, 135, Sard, 131, and Kasbolt, apparently 126. He's just pulling these hundreds from everywhere. Last week he had the big O, but now he's got Kasbolt. I mean, who's friggin' next? He's going to have bloody... Eddie Betts score 150 or some shit. Look, for, unfortunately for Scotty, he had a few injuries. He had Zach Jones go off on 45. He had Nat Fife go down at 71. And had a few blokes average, like Lewis Shedder, 50, uh, 37, sorry, and Elliot, 57. And had his boy Steel Sidebottom tagged. That's uh, look, it's not great. And then, look, to make matters worse, he's had a few guys go out with uh, Zach Merritt injured. Or suspended, sorry, no, the bloke he punched was injured. Uh, sorry, Nat Fife. Uh, out for two weeks, I think, and still side bottom also out as uh, per this afternoon, most likely. So look, he's uh, had a bit of a uh, bit of bad luck, young scooter. But we'll look, we'll persevere. Hopefully, Scotty can uh, good luck and turn around shortly. Then go up to Ben with three flags. Twelve twenty defeated Steve Sodium Chloride. Twelve oh eight. All right, look at the captain scores here. We've got Tim Kelly two hundred and four. Yeah, look, Ben copped a bit of slack on Saturday afternoon about his choice of Tim Kelly, but look, he's uh. He's pulled it out well. That 204, you'd be happy with that. When you go up against a Jack Martin of 112, you're going to cop that. You almost double that score there. But look, Steve's another one of those blokes that got very, very unlucky. While he had some big scores with a Lloyd, Witts 144, Ridley 134, Tuckmiller 111, 
when his bloke Zorko went down with a calf on 47 and then Jack Zebel went up at 20, that pretty much started the game for him there. Whereas Ben had some uh, some good 110s with a Butler, Marshall and Billings scoring all in the teens. And Blitzar's going 107. So good scores by them. But look, he'd be counting his lucky stars. He got the win there. We come to the final game. We've got... Uh, Look, a bloke who scored 13.86. It was the second top score, so surely he's got to win, right? Surely he couldn't lose. Oh, no, wait, sorry, he lost 13.95 to me. Alrighty, so sorry, Lockie, but you got the uh, got the big L there. Look, we go to captain scores here, and we've got my boy Michael Walters, 226. What a jet. And you go up to uh, Gresham here, 86 as captain. Well, that's just unfortunate, isn't it? For Lockie, not for me. We then go to some other scores, and we had some absolute belters here. We got Kellen Mills, Kellen Ward. Kellen's just combining for 112-104, and then we had uh, my boy Sam Doherty, 185, just tearing it apart, and McCluggage, 141, and Robbie Tarrant saving my ass on 100 on that Sunday. The one bloke I'm not happy with who needs to lift, Ben Brown, 17. I expected better from you, and look, you need to lift. Lockie also had some big scores. He had Danger, 140, Mitchell, 143, Steele, 114, uh, Parker, 120, Daniel, 114, and Nan Curves, 184. But unfortunately, just was not good enough, Lockie. Just was not good enough. Couldn't get the chocolates, so I'll take that win. Thank you very much. And uh, we might just have a quick look at the undefeateds on the ladder and maybe the uh, perpetually defeateds as well. Top of the ladder, we've got Brian with 22-0 vision and Kane, Angry Midgets, undefeated. We go to the other side, and we've got, uh, unfortunately, Alex with net fits and chill and Steve, sodium chloride, both perpetually defeated. We've got some uh, ground to make up on those leaderboards there. We've got four games be- uh, between those guys and... Three games separating 5th and 13th, so really going to need to hope for some big scores for those two boys to get some uh, get some wins on the board. All right, before we go to the Coach of the Week, let's just go to a short break. Have you ever channel surfed, had back problems, or committed copyright infringement? Have you ever felt good, like things are going your way and life is carefree? That needs to change. You need a stick up your ass. Studies have shown that getting a stick up your ass increases your chance of caring about the little things. Ever been teased about having the same walk for too long? With a stick up your ass, you can have a whole new walk. Change that swagger for an uptight new one. People will notice when you have a stick up your ass, it lets you do so much more than when you didn't have a stick up your ass. Now you can care about the little things, follow rules, and sit up straight. Stick up your ass. Available anywhere there is an overhanging tree. Warning, if you remove the stick from up your ass and part of it is left for us, see your doctor. All right, now comes for the time that everyone's interested in. This is my Coach of the Week or Heimlich Manoeuvre. This lad should change his name to the Giant Killer. Not just because the bloke he beat is larger than life, but also because he was sitting undefeated until this ghostly white knight came from the depths. Alrighty. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. On this podcast is the Team of the Week, Keelan. Congratulations. How do you feel? Uh, thank you, Jim. It's finally a pleasure to be on the uh, the podcast. And uh, can you hear that? Ah, Riser, can't hear you. He's been silenced. <laughs> Take him to the cleaners. Yes, I think uh, it was it was very obvious what happened on uh, Sunday afternoon because we didn't hear much from him after that. It just got missing. Yeah. Um, you know, Sledge has been for going missing and then, you know, just disappears. Whips get it. cracking and uh, I've taken him to the cleaners. He's 3-1 now. He's back in the pack. Exactly right. Back with the rest of us. Actually equal with you at the moment. So yeah, you and Wusty, I think, aren't even uh, one of three and one. So Yeah, middle of the pack there, chasing the uh, the leaders of auto draft. Yeah, we've got uh, um, one of the newbies. So. Brian and Kay, uh, the Brian and Kane, so they're doing very well. Very impressed. Yeah, look, uh, we all sledged the auto draft, and he's actually uh, taken the piss at the moment. Yeah, he's done um, very well. He got he got Neil with his first pick, which was very happy with, and then when he drafted a few blokes yeah. like Matt Rail and uh, all that, we're all a bit like, okay, it's probably a bit too early, but Matt Rail is just showing everyone now it's done at the moment. 
Well, exactly. He's one of the premier midfielders now. And, and I think Kane's gone a little bit under the radar, actually. Um, 4-0, that's an impressive start in this league. Yeah, he's done well. He doesn't say a whole lot, so I think he uh, doesn't really get a whole lot. So he gets his trades done pretty early and nothing too massive because he's winning, so does what he needs to yeah, do. I think, and... uh, I think that's his tactic at the moment, fly under the radar and uh, just keep everyone off uh, sledging him, I guess. Yeah, well, he's uh, coming up against me this week, so hopefully that ends and we'll wait and see. I think actually uh, my old man's got Braden um, at the top as well, so to wait and see what happens. Gee, a few big clashes. Yeah, a few big um, clashes. I think we're up. First one actually comes from Brian himself. No, he here said, we go. Can you ask why Lockie is offering such poor trades this year? Which is actually a very. This was actually sent before the the current trades that have just gone through. So it's very very good timing actually. Look, this is a this is a great question from Bryce. I'm really happy he's uh, sent that one in because Lockie's trading. It's not just this year. It's not last year. It's been every single year. He's an absolute piece of shit at the trade table. And uh, he's just completely unreasonable. And if he doesn't win, you don't get a trade through. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we've definitely seen. I think uh, with Mick leaving, we've had a few that uh, didn't go through just quite as easily. I think last uh, last few years with Mick, a lot of things went straight through to the keeper, and everyone's questioned it. But I think the big one with the uh, yeah, he was seems to be the... struggling a little bit more now that uh, he doesn't have his Mick and, and Blake trades to get through. That uh, and Matt Matt seems to have actually understood what football is now instead of. <laughs> <laughs> trading back when Dan Hanabry was actually good. He, he traded him for a bag of peanuts. It was an absolute joke. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone seems to be a bit more switched on this year, which is good, although we are getting the snake uh, snake um, nicknames and the snaky behaviours getting a bit worse and worse. I think everyone's just trying to be almost like a bit of a one-upsmanship going on. Did you did you just say Bondgate by any chance there, Jimmy? <laughs> Bondgate, did you just say? I uh, do. I've provided some statistics for you here, Jimmy. Oh, here we go. We're getting into this. I like this. I like this. We, we, we go back to draft night, all right? Let's go back just you know a couple of months ago at draft night. Marcus Bontempelli, pick 10, right? Pick yes. 10 in the draft. Let's have a look at Jacob Hopper. Pick 118. <whistles> now, for anyone that's playing at home, that is 83 places Deeper in the draft than uh, than than Jordan Dawson. <laughs> I mean, an absolute steal uh, at that trade table from Wasty, and we're not going to hear the end of that one. Um, it, it got him the victory on the weekend, and you, you look at the, the players that were drafted around Bond: Danger, pick eight; Cripps, pick fourteen; Tom Mitchell, pick eleven. Dunkley, pick twelve. I mean, it, it is an absolute joke that this has gone through, and the commissioner. Needs to come down harder on these trades, I think. Yeah, I think the way it's going this year, that might be an option for next year with a, a veto option if something looks too ridiculous. But I'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. I did like. Sorry, your... I got distracted there. Did, did, did we mention that Bont got traded for Jacob Hocker, Hopper? I'm just putting it out there, just making sure I'm clear. I can. I'll go through and replay the audio. Uh, just give me one sec. Thank you. Yes, no, I can confirm we have mentioned that uh, Marcus Bontempelli uh, was traded for Jacob Popper. I mean, fair dinkum, Wusty, and you still come up in the chat saying, you know, everyone else is a snake. You are the snake, and you have started this shit-ass conduct in trading this year. All right, I'm just going to throw a uh, qu- another question up here without notice. If <laughs> Wusty's the snake, who is Adam and who is Eve? Oh, Jesus. Because um, you'd have yeah, to say, because you'd, you'd have to say that the the poor bloke that gave up Marcus Bontempelli would have to be Eve, because he's well, the one. He's to, the one that's yeah. stealing the. Uh, he's the one that's taking the apple from the snake. I mean, you'd have to throw Matt's story in there. He's got no idea at Tommy. He can be Adam because he's a piece of shit himself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, fair income. I still can't believe that he's not calling himself the snake. I mean, it's come on, Wusty, lift your game, mate. Embrace it. What I will say is though, if he doesn't lift his game. 
there's going to be a very, very good-looking kitty come Melbourne Cup Day. And I'll tell you what, it could crack three figures in that kitty. Everyone's looking, uh, yeah, very... It's getting harder and harder for uh, him to get the trades done, I think, now, with everyone getting piling on him. And even he's lashing back now as well, saying, well, if I don't trade with everybody, then everyone else is fucked as well. So could be very no, exactly. large. We, we may need to do a little bit more than just the first four at the Melbourne Cup because landing... Putting three figures on that, we could uh, all walk out with a very, very handy walkout. Very, very nice. I very much appreciate that one. So let's uh, let's keep this non-trading happening. It'd be very good. <laughs> all right. And uh, now my second question from Brian. Uh, why is Lockie's team a dog's breakfast? I mean, that's another great question from Bryzer. He's done his research, thinking, you know, long and hard about these questions. I mean, Lockie, one and three. And I, and I have to say, I've put an asterisk on Lockie at one and three. He's won because of COVID-19. He should be 0 and 4 and bottom of the table. It's as simple as that. His team's shit. And uh, I look forward to him coughing up 20 bucks for the kitty. This kitty's getting bigger and bigger as we speak. All right. I've got one here from my old man. Yeah, from Grant, when do you think Steve will crack it for a first win? Jeez, that's a, that's another great question there from uh, from Grant. Well, look, he's 0 and 4. He's coming up against me this week, so I'll be 0 and 5. That's good. Yep, we then go, um, then go to round six, and he goes up against well, the Dob I mean, squad. Oh, so that'll be Owen six. I mean, his, his team's no good. He's already looking at draft night 2021 um, and not inviting Ben to that as well. So, um, you know, his saviour, Jordan Dawson, hasn't uh, got him a win yet, and I uh, don't think anyone in the group's uh, too unhappy about that. Did you miss on that Jordan Dawson pick? I think I made myself a little bit... Uh... I think, I think everyone knew where I sat with the Jordan Dawson selection on uh, draft night, but just in case um, those missed... Where those, did those, you those see, are, Pardon? Where did you sit? Uh, remind me. I sat uh, next to Lo- next to you and next to my dad, opposite Lockie. No, I maybe mean, it was opposite you. I don't know. Oh, no, sorry. I thought we were talking about the seating arrangements. Sorry, no. In terms of where I sat on the pick, I thought it was an absolute shambles of a pick. He was going to be there at least <laughs> five or six picks later, at least five or six rounds later. Um, and look, to be honest, I really don't see what he saw in him because as we can see... He's just absolutely nothing. He had one good week and he's sitting on the 50s and 60 averages and that's it. Yeah, he's no good. And look, it's fair to say after the trade was done, you were sitting on the floor with me and Scott and we were just having an absolute belly laugh and uh, tears were flowing. Oh, it was it was bloody hilarious. Um, I, could, I think I just uh, I think we had to compose ourselves for the two minutes ago. Who the bloody hell is this bloke? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from? Cotton Eye Jar? I mean, bloody hell. <laughs> look, it was a highlight of the draft for me. Oh, uh, definitely. 100%. Gift that keeps giving. Exactly right, exactly right. All right, yeah, he got one here from Mr. Benjamin. How do you think, so we'll start with the first part of the question. How do you think the commissioner feels to be beaten by a bloke who lost his first draft pick? I'm looking at that one. I believe, I believe he thinks the commissioner would be Steve. I'm guessing it's probably oh, yeah, Steve, yeah. current commissioner as opposed to ex-commissioner Mr. Sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. So I guess he's talking about, oh, he'd be talking about himself, Benjamin, there, as he's uh, obviously lost his first draft pick, yeah. which is what I don't even know. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Uh, was uh, Mr. Mr. Josh Dunk, yeah, Mr. Dunkley? That's right. Yep. All right. So how do, you, how do you think Steve feels to be beaten by a bloke who lost Dunkley? And does he expect us to take him seriously when running the comp as our best interest when performing so bad? Well, I think Ben makes a good point. I mean, you have a look at the game day stats. And uh, you look at his man, Jordan Dawson, 54. I mean, you can't 54. be that, is, that is top score? Primo ball. He's 54. He top scored forward for 54. There you go. Oh, my God. Um, you look at his captain's choice, Jack Martin. I mean, that was a garbage choice as well. He plays for Carlton, so he shouldn't be captaining anyone from the Blues. Dane Zorka, I mean, he, he probably played the full game and got 47 points, but claims he got a you know an Achilles injury or a calf injury. But 47 is pretty much maximum you're going to get from Zorko. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go easy on Zorko because I uh, recently acquired him this afternoon. 
out of his garbage, Jim, put him in the scrap heap, all right? <laughs> Zebel 20. I mean, you know, these type of numbers, um, I'm already looking to round six. Just ticking, just putting the little uh, tick in the wind column there and off we go. They're ticking the box. I'll be four and one. Thank you very much, Steve. Beautiful. Lovely. I'd like to hear it. And uh, another one from Ben. Will Big Fish's tail go right between his legs, MIA style, when Three Flags makes a mockery out of his rabble of a team? So Ben's already getting the trash talk started early here. They uh, What he thinks is a win against the Big Fish? Yeah, I think you can almost mark it down. I mean, you you look at the, the Big Fish's stats on the weekend, he'll come out and say that he's got the second highest score, but at the end of the day, he's got the second highest score against his opponent as well, which means it's a big L in the uh, <laughs> the win-loss column. Um, I mean, you look at his team, he's got, you know, he's got a couple of good players in there, but, um, you know, Jade Gresham is captain, 43 points. And that brings me to another point. I've, I've done a little bit of research for you here, Jim. Yes. Let's just break down Lockie's captain's choices so far this season. Oh, this is going to be good. Round one, Zorko, great choice, 52 points. I mean, that's really sending a message to your opponent. Round two, McGovern, 63 points. I mean, you could have picked any other player pretty much in the draft that would have scored more as a defender for you there. Round three, Mitchell did okay, 96. Still hasn't cracked a ton as a captain. And then Gresham, 43 points. And we look at round five, where we've got under 50 games, and he's got old man 11 out there at the moment. I know he did just acquire Sam Walsh, so he's got his captain choice there. But based on these choices, you can pretty much lock uh, Walsh in for a 50. I actually acquired Sam Walsh this week. Uh, I've been a very busy man this week. What did I do? I can't even remember what I fucking did now. There's been too many trades. I can't keep up with it. Oh, it's going absolutely off tap. I'm loving it. Oh, for Gresham and yeah, Gresham and Sinclair for Tim English and Tom Phillips. Oh, so he has a uh, has, yeah. has the boy Tim English who has been uh, absolutely killing on 140s the last two weeks. So now he's going to yeah, lock. He's probably going to score 60 against Goldstein. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, Tim English should uh, should score well for him there. But uh, based on his captain choices recently, lock in a 50 there for Lockie as well. Another loss yeah. and uh, three flags uh, motoring at three and two after that. I think my favourite thing about those stats, Keelan, is round two when he had McGovern. He traded out Lloyd, who scored a solid 110. Double that, and you get a lot more than what he got at McGovern. Did you say that Lloyd scored 110? Yeah, and then you double that, so he would have scored over 200. Yes. He'd be kicking himself still, I reckon. Pretty sure that cost cost him the win as well. Couldn't happen to a better bloke, to be honest. No. Definitely not. All right, we now go to the man himself, Mr. L Story. Oh, here we go. We've got... It's the same questions. It's basically the same questions every week. So I think you know where it's going to go. What are your thoughts on Ben's push for Melbourne police officers to all be living in the COVID hotspots? I mean, I mean, it's a great question, actually, Jim. Like, I haven't heard this one before. And uh, and Ben Ben's form recently, not only towards cops, is disgusting, but now he's even betting against Richmond, uh, Steve style, and claiming that that's a positive out of a football match. I can only, you know, wonder why Lockie keeps raising this point because uh, he, he's disgraced himself recently and he needs to have a hard look at himself in the mirror. Yeah, well, betting against your, your team, I'm not a fan of. Look, unless you're back from Melbourne because obviously they're going to lose every week. But when, oh, you actually got a decent, when you actually got a decent team, you don't bet against them because you're going to be upset either way. Just absolutely disgusting from Ben there. And he, yeah. seriously, go and have a look in the mirror, Ben. All right, next if one. If you can fit. hey <laughs> <laughs> Would you think it is fair to compare Ben with other prominent figures such as Hitler, Bin Laden, and Saddam Hussein? Yeah, look, uh, look, Ben is is pretty much carbon copy of those those blokes after this week. Um, I have to agree with Lockie. I don't agree with him often, but uh, he's onto something there. I think. There we go. We'll have to watch this space and see how this uh, see how it takes off. Another one here, uh, also from Lockie, and also um, about Ben. Do you think the <laughs> doesn't stop? 
Do you think the real reason Ben dislikes cops so much is because all the ones he knows are significantly better humans than him? Well, I would have thought that's a perfectly good reason. He's quite jealous, I would have thought. Um, I mean, the funny thing that uh, that, that Ben's, Ben's done, him and Steve, um, not only do they, you know, not like cops, but uh, they seem to want to be, you know, armchair experts as well. He's gone to shave his head. He's gone bald. And uh, the only thing I can compare it to is Mark Robinson. He's just missing the goatee now. I might start a petition or that, get a uh, get a Kickstarter or something going and see if we can raise some money to get the goatee going. I reckon Steve and, uh, and Benny should uh, grow goatees each and see who uh, can do a Mark Robinson better. See who can be the goat of the goatee? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm going to send you a, a photo of a messenger because Lockie's asked for the coach of the week to repeat something. So oh, here we go. Let's see if you, A, want to, and B, can because it looks like it's a lot of rubbish. I mean, he's, he's absolutely fitting him. He wants me to read, a skunk sat on a stump and thunk the stump stunk, but the stump thunk the skunk stunk. There we go. Smash it in one. Oh. I mean, I mean is, is Lockie on the cans when he sends through these questions? I mean, he's absolutely lost the plot. He's one and three. He's given up on draft and he's just... He's just taking the piss now. I'm not going to lie. You did it pretty well. I read it the first time. I don't even know what half those words were because they just blended into one, but you smashed it. Well, I like that. He's just making up shit now. He is. All right. We now go to five questions. This is uh, actually like this. is good punctuation. There's numbered numbered questions there. This is from Brian Mardo. I really appreciate this, Brian. So shout out to Brian. If a team had a score of 30 and 20, would you expect to beat them? And if you didn't, would you change your last name to Sucks? So it would now read Matt Sucks. <laughs> I mean that's a great question. I mean Matt has been a perennial failure in this in this draft. You know you you have a look at recent seasons where Blake and uh, and Mika got kicked out, and we thought that's the problem solved. We kicked the wrong people out of this uh, this draft. Matt is the problem. He's shit. He's never done anything in this league, and he needs to seriously change his last name. Well, there we go. Heard it here first, Matt. Uh, maybe you should take uh, take Jen's last name as uh, was uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Barlow. That's bad for me, Barlow. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. I'm fucking. I'm under these things. <laughs> All right. Question number two. This is actually a very uh, interesting question because of who I have on here. Uh, are you in favour of the controversial hindsight ladder? I'm an absolute fan of it, and uh, you, you'll see the people that aren't a fan of it, the people that didn't get the victory in the hindsight ladder, and one of those people that have been pushing against it uh, is Lockie, who would be zero and four. Um, so I can understand why he doesn't want to go for it. Um, and I think yourself, Jim, I, I think you weren't going for it. And I think you benefited from COVID-19. But, you know, it's just something a little bit different. And uh, it gives people like Steve and Scott a reason to keep uh, logging into Supercoach of a week. Yeah, now look, I'm not overly fond of it. But the funny thing, in my other draft league, I actually won because of it. So I had... Uh... Well, it's like Zach Merritt as my captain who got the double score because I actually got given the averages. But the hard thing is, does it, you know, it's really, yeah, it's an interesting thing because does it change the course of a season because of it? Or, you know, Zach Merritt goes out injured, all of a sudden it changes everything, you never know. So it's one of those difficult ones. Yeah, that... it's a difficult thing. I mean, you, on one hand, it's unfair that you don't get the player's stats and then, you know, if player did get injured, for example, then you... You would have lost um, anyway, yes. Yeah, benefiting it's... from an average, um, especially when blokes like Ridley were averaging 97, which... Uh, well, he's doing well, but he's going to average 63 by the end of the season. So. Yeah, I think there's a few of those that are a few influx averages. But look, at the same time, yeah, look, it sucks for the blokes that didn't get the win. But look, unfortunately, it's the way that Supercoach decided to do it because of their rolling lockout system. And yeah, if we'd uh, been on AFL or one of those other ones, they probably would have got the win and would have won. I mean, 
I mean, we've got to ask the question, the people making decisions at uh, Supercoach uh, headquarters, are they the same ones that are a commissioner in this in this draft league? We might have to ask those questions. I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one open. All right. Now, next one here. Uh, is Ben going to start betting against himself in draft two now that he's given up on supporting the Tigers? I mean, that question answers itself. He's clearly... I mean, well, look, he thinks he's going to beat Lockie this week, but uh, no doubt he'll have money on Lockie in some way um, to, to get the victory. I mean, it's just a disgusting act. He, he seriously shouldn't have admitted that. Um, I'm a Tiger supporter, so I usually back him up. But on this, disgusting. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of it either. I, uh, I like to bet with the pies. That way I'm always rooting for him to win. Well, exactly. You, you're just disappointed in some way. Yeah, exactly right. Whereas if you win and you bet on them, then you're happy. And if you lose, then you're, you're already going to be disappointed anyway. So double yeah, up, exactly. double up. And I hope, you know, I'm a Tiger supporter. I hope he puts money on the, on the Ds this weekend. All right, next question. Is Mason Cox going to stay in the scrap heap for very long? The Tyrone Vickery of the AFL? <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't get picked up somehow in the free agency, I'll, I'll be surprised, to be honest. I think he'll be a starting forward uh, in, in a team in the not-too-distant future. He's he's showing some serious promising signs. Yeah, I think there was uh, one second in the whole game where he showed very promising signs, where he took that big pack mark. I think the rest Look, of it, he know, literally ran around. Baby steps for him. Um, and I think, uh, think Bryza might be a big fan of him. Yeah, I could definitely tell by the, uh, the commentary on Friday night. He was a very big fan. Look, not many Pies fans like him, to be honest. Um, I think I think Mardo actually has a you know a little uh, spot for him, but um, I don't think enough to uh, select him off the scrap heap. No, I think look, he's considering we didn't have anyone else to do the job. I think he definitely was all we had really the last couple of years. But now with uh, Darcy Cameron, really, I think it sort of puts a good pressure on him. But at the same time, puts good pressure on Darcy Cameron as well. But hopefully, they, whoever they stay in can uh, get a couple of runs at it, and we'll see how we go. Maybe we can turn him into I mean, a Tyrone Rickery that kicks two goals as opposed to one. Well, exactly. I mean, what he needs is, I know he's a he's a hack, but he needs Levi Casbolt-Hans. I think everybody would like Levi Casbolt-Hans. I mean, he just absolutely clunks everything. And if Mason Cox could actually mark the ball, he could actually be something in this league. Yeah. And on the flip side, if Levi, Levi Casbolt could actually kick the ball, he'd be something in this league. Well, exactly. I mean, he's kicked, you know, three straight on the weekend, but two out in the full, so it makes his three straight look a little bit better than what it was. It does look a lot nicer. Probably two of them didn't make the distance either. All right, and brings me to my last question from Brian. If there was a hub for fantasy, who are the three people you would least like to go with and who are the three you would most like to go with? I reckon uh, I'll do like this question, so I reckon we both give it a go. Yeah, look, that's a, that's a really interesting question there. I mean, for me, you know, the three least you'd like to be in a hub with Especially if you've got to do trading, uh, I'm going to put into a fact that you've got to do trading during this hub. Yep. So Wasty uh, would be in, in in one of my least favourites there. Um, who else is quite difficult to trade with? Oh, Scott. Yeah, he's a really difficult person to trade with, so he'd be in there. Um, and I've got to say um, another person that I wouldn't like just because he's a piece of crap, and that's Mark. There you go. They're my three worst. What about you, Jim? Three worst. I'm going for worst. I'm probably. I think Matt's definitely going to be in there just because he barrows for the Bombers and I'm sick of the shit they're pulling. Yeah. So that's got to be in yeah. there. And, and and for the bloke he is. Oh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's secondary bit as well. But, yeah, might as well throw it in there too. Look, realistically, we've seen the uh, the carnage that Lockie's done with the trading today, so he's pretty hard to trade with as well. So we can go in there, bugger him. Yeah, and, um in. Look, Brian's been pissing me off as well. The Packy Flies has been annoying me because every single time <laughs> one of them does well, but the amount of times he's mentioned Todd Goldstein, I'm absolutely sick of it. <laughs> yes, I said he was a shit Pick for round for pick four, but Jesus bloody Christ, Brian, give it a break. So he's in there. You, Fuck you him. are not going to hear the end of that, Jim. I uh, never will. He is going to ride Goldie all the way, I think. Yeah. 
which which you know leads me nicely into the three most. I would love to have Bryzer in my hub. I think uh, what he's done so far in silencing Lockie, Steve, and Ben with his first three wins. I mean, soft draw. Let's put it out there. It's been a soft draw, but geez, what a fantastic effort from him. Um, Another one I'd like to have in there. Um, I'd obviously like to have uh, Mardo in there. He's quite a reasonable bloke. He's auto drafted um, and is sitting four and zero, and that's just you know fantastic from him. And I think I'd like to have you there as well, Jim, because uh, you're kindly enough to put me on the podcast, and I think uh, we'll be regularly talking. Oh, stop it! I like that. I appreciate that one. Thank you. <laughs> All right, three of mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my old man in there because obviously I lived with him for twenty something odd years, so I think I know I can put yeah, up with great him. Great choice. So that one makes sense to me. I'm also going to throw in uh, in Mato as well. I like the way he's going about it. I like his uh, Mason Cox question, Mason Cox s questions. So we have some solid debates <laughs> about that one. I was going to say Ben, but because of the way he's betting at the moment, I just can't. I can't do it. I just can't yeah, do it. You can't. You so, can't be doing that. Like you know what? I'm going to throw you in there as well because I do enjoy our chats, and this has been a very good one. Yeah, so great stuff. Yeah, good I'm choice there. You. In there. Be a good hub that one. It'd be a great hub. It'd be good hubs. I all might right. not come home. <laughs> All right, that's all the questions I've got for all those boys. But I'll, uh, I'll ask the one I'm always asking: uh, Who's your tip for the the flag this year? Oh, it's got to be yeah, it's got to be Bryzer. I mean, I know I've knocked him off on the weekend, but uh, with Todd Goldstein in his pocket, I think uh, don't rate him. I think he's set finally to uh, to take this draft tournament out. And I tell you what, he's never going to let us hear the end of it. But I look forward to hearing the end, <laughs> hearing all the absolute <laughs> shit he does come out with. Oh, it'd be. I think we me, uh, me and my sister spoke about that as well. If he if he won, it'd be absolutely hilarious at the same time, but absolutely horrible at the other side as well. It'd be, be one of those uh, bittersweet moments where you're wrapped it happened, but at the same time you can't believe how annoying it is that it's happened. But yes, I think uh, we'll have to watch this. I mean, the space. amount of the amount of dripping donut gifts we'll we'll cop will just be <laughs> out of this. It'd be out of control. Oh, he right. may do a nudie run down his street. I'm, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it may make his his year. Brian does love a good GIF. He's all about the GIFs. I appreciate him. I do appreciate his GIFs, actually. I don't know what he types in to find some of them half the time. But I would love to know. They're entertaining, especially when they're at Lockie's expense. Yeah, always good. Pure up. Thanks for that, Keels. I really appreciated that. You've set the bar for future uh, future coaches, so <laughs> I better let everyone know this. Put everyone notice right now. This is what I expect from everybody. Yeah, lift from everyone. Look, I would say uh, be chatting to you next week, Jim, but I think we've got to wait two weeks because... Uh, there's no point giving coach of the week for someone that beats uh, bottom place your own four, Steve. Yes, that, yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's worth it. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cool. That should uh, give you a little bit to work with. Oh, I've got a lot to work with. There was a lot there. I think we got about five minutes in. I'm like, we haven't even answered a single question yet. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, look, I did a little bit of research for you. No, I like it. I'm, I'm glad. I'll uh, let everybody know this is what I expect now. Perfect. All right. Well, Thank you. I'll let you go home and relax. Cool. Thanks, you. Nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that, Keels. I really enjoyed that one. That was a very good chat. All right. We now go to the Not Suitable for Children Award. All right. Look, the silencer has become the silenced. Look, Brian, you chose Wilson as the captain, and it was not a great choice. He scored 44 as a captain. 44 as captain. That's 22 multiplied by two. I don't think I've seen a worse captain score in a while. I mean, those captain criteria have already come to haunt some people, but that's just next level. Look, Brian, you, you were on fire. But look, this week your team's burnt out. All right, it's now time for the Brownlow medal. One vote. M. Bontempelli, eight balls. Two votes. T. Nankervis, a big fish. Three votes. S. Doherty, sacred fart. All right, guys and girls. Girls, you know who you are. It's been another great week, another great podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this one as much as I did. 
Thanks for listening to Choking Hazard, the podcast. I'll see you guys all next time after I'm sure the carnage that's going to happen on the weekend. Thank you.